Jen Silbernego, we are live and we skipped the intro because we want to get right to action today. How are you? I'm good, Gary McGowan. How are you doing? I'm doing really, really good. It's a lot of fun to host these lives because you never know, you know, what guests are going to come. And then we're always got lots of great info that we get to talk about. And we're going to do something really cool today. We're going to attempt... No, not attempt. We're going to do it, Jen, uh, to do some live stats and show people how to do that and pull some information because uh, knowing the industry is incredibly important, as we always say, and, and then knowing not only the monthly stats, but Jen, like the weekly stats is like, it. that's the most yeah. important piece right now, right? The market and the weekly stats, right? A hundred percent. It's so crazy. Like from day to day, it's changing in different areas and different like streets, it feels like. So yeah, I think we got to be like micro about what's happening. Yeah, absolutely. The area experts. And we do have an amazing guest uh, scheduled for today and he's sitting down in the green room. So we should roll our intro video and then get him on board. What do you say? I love it. Let's do it. All right. All right, Jen. So I love, I love our next guest, Ryan McLean. We're going to bring him on screen in just a second. But when, when the leadership of any organization that you're a part of, when you find yourself on the same page, it's thumbs up everywhere. Like it's just so much easier to, to, to work towards the same goal. What do you think about that? Well, I mean, I think it's, it's, a, it's a huge, right? Like if, if the leadership is disconnected, you're not going anywhere. So having, you know, people like Ryan and that, that are focused on where the ship is headed and making sure that we have that support and that leadership is, it's paramount to us growing and being successful as, as a company. Right. So it's, uh, yeah, it's yeah, big. yeah, absolutely. I like that. I like the, I love the word paramount. That's a word we don't use in the English language enough. I love it. <laughs> I <laughs> well, like to I, mix it up. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Awesome. Very good. Uh, I'm going to bring Ryan on screen with us. And Ryan McLean, welcome to KWRC TV. This goes, you know what's amazing about the internet, Ryan? Lots, I, I'm sure. Lots. Okay, good. You, you're, you're setting me up perfectly. This is a <laughs> worldwide show, whether we like it or not. So congratulations, you've made it to the worldwide show of KWRC TV. Thank you, thank you Gary. Nice to see you, Jen. Nice to see you too. Very good. So for those that don't know Ryan McLean, I'll do the, the quick little bio, but then we'll really ask Ryan who the heck Ryan McLean is. Uh, I got to meet, I don't know if I've ever told you this, Ryan, but you and I, I we've known each other for a few years now. And I remember being in um, I don't, one of the courses that we were sitting, I can't remember. And there's, you know how there's always one or two people in any course that you sit in that's always asking questions, always asking questions. Mm -hmm. And I thought to myself, that's Ryan, man, this guy asked more questions than, than anybody. And then it, it only hit like Jen, it took like literally less than five minutes to realize you know, he's not asking questions just because he wants clarity. He's asking questions because he's learning. And that's one thing that I've always admired about you, Ryan. You are a master at asking questions. And if we know anything about sales, that is where like one of the, the secret sauce ingredients, wouldn't you say? You know, absolutely. I, I've, I've never really been afraid of failure or uh, embarrassed if I don't know something. I have no problem. You know, the, there's no silly questions. You know, I'll find the silly question and have no problem asking it. So I'm pretty comfortable with that. Yeah, I love it. Love it. So who's Ryan McLean? So Ryan, uh, you've, you've, you know, 
you can fill in the blanks. You've been a realtor for how long now? Yeah. So I've been, in, I've been a real estate, had my license for about 15 years. 15 years. And, yep. and when we met, you were, you, you know, you, you had a very successful team in that Hamilton, Burlington area. And then a mm-hmm. few years ago, you know, Jen and I always say KW is the land of opportunity. And mm-hmm. an opportunity came up to, to lead that local KW brokerage as a team leader. And, and then a, a new opportunity uh, presented itself. And, and that's what we're here to talk today about. So talk to us a little bit about what KW area director means. What does that mean for us as realtors? And what does that mean for, for you? Yeah, so an area director is, is really part of the leadership team for the region of Canada. But I think going back to kind of where I, how I got here is, is important as well. And that being that, you know, I, I wasn't, I've been in a transactional real estate role. I was doing that for about 10 years with different areas, different brokerages. And and what KW did for me in that perspective was to help me start to build a business. I was a solo agent that worked a lot. I learned some systems and models from smarter people. As I said, I have no problem asking questions and drilling down and, you know, and trying to figure out what I need to achieve what I want. Uh, that allowed me to build a real estate team, uh, hire myself off my team, uh, and then run a market center in Canada, which was a huge learning opportunity. Uh, the role that I stepped into uh, now, so being a transactional agent, running a team, and then running a real estate brokerage, uh, market center, and now at the regional level, you know, it's not really that different as much as it is trying to help people succeed. You know, when we work with buyers and sellers, we're trying to help our buyer and seller hit and reach their goals. And, and depending on the market right now, that can be pretty challenging uh, for some some people. Uh, at the market center, on a team level, helping my agent succeed. Running a brokerage, it's helping a lot of agents succeed. And really now the region is helping all the agents in Canada succeed. And, and the reason I think that understanding a little bit about that is, uh, you know, you said ask lots of questions, lots of questions. Uh, you know, one of my coaches told me once, you know, Ryan, uh, smart people learn from the mistakes and wise people learn from other people's mistakes. And you are a really smart guy. Uh, and that's because I've made lots of mistakes through the process uh, of this growth. And through that experience, I, I've learned and and found ways that I would have liked to have been helped differently at the agent level, at the market center level. And in this role now, I get to kind of implement some of those plans, uh, things that I think uh, will help uh, market centers in Canada and most importantly, our agents. I don't know if that designs your question. I kind of go off on tangents. Yeah, no, I like it. I like it. Okay. Uh, before Jen takes over here with a few questions of her own, I'd love to, you know, back, back the story up a little bit. And, you know, we all start off as a new agent at some point in our, in our careers and talk to us, you know, you know, who Ryan is from that perspective. And, and some, you know, one of the things that you and I have never talked about it, and I love watching all your, your pics and, and pictures and stuff like that is like your, some of the hobbies that you have, like sailing and all that kind of stuff. I, that's the stuff that people love to hear about as well. Yeah. You know, I think that I took a little bit of a, I've always been interested in a little bit different things. Uh, I joined the army out of high school after I was uh, politely asked to potentially leave high school. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and I've always been in, involved in, in different types of things. Sailing has been a big portion of my life. Uh, I'm a father of, of two teenagers who are homeschooling right now downstairs and I've heard them fighting intermittently today. 
just another so we spent a lot day. of time doing that. Uh, I'm not sure how everyone else is, uh, is working through that. It, it's a bit of a challenge. Right now, they're not in the room because they will just kind of barge in when they're in an argument. Um, so, and before that, before my, you know, out of the military, I became a registered nurse. I was a registered nurse for 10 years. I did a little bit different type of nursing. I did medevac. I worked in the Arctic and worked internationally. And so I'm kind of, I'm kind of a guy that like, if, you know, people that know me, you know, I, I jump in the deep end and learn how to swim when I'm there. It's, it sounds like Jenny follows adventure. That's kind of like the, the yeah. theme in there all intertwined, right? Yeah. A little bit of trial by fire going on. I think 100%. I like that. I like that. Yeah. Um, and sorry, I'm going to jump in Gary. If it's okay, just to ask you a question. So obviously you, you've traveled through a couple of different variations of yourself along the journey to get where you are now. Um, when it came to KW and the growth and the opportunities, how did that work? Did you, you know, as a transactional agent, did you like vocalize and say you were looking for those opportunities? Did the opportunities kind of present themselves based on how you showed up? Like, what did that look like? You know, I, I've, I was asked a few times, I mean, so why, why Keller Williams? Uh, I was working, uh, as a solo agent I'd gone through five administrators in two years because apparently I'm a bit of a challenge to work with uh, or, you know, more back then. Uh, and I needed some systems and models of how to do it better than my the way I was doing it. So I just came to Keller Williams so I could learn to keep an administrator so I could sail more in the summer and still have houses sell. That was that was the purpose. Uh, I've been quoted as I will never be a team leader in my life. That's never, I'm never going to do that. I've been quoted several times doing that. Um, and yet I became a team leader. Uh, they're kind of the way that, that, that happened was, you know, uh, I poured into the education and the process of, of developing my business and myself. And, and before I knew it, I was actually kind of, you know, I'd grown myself to a point where I was kind of wanting to be the team leader that I never thought I'd want to be. So when you talk to different versions of myself, um, you know, I often, I joke that this is uh, Ryan 6.2, um, because of the different evolutions of, of, you know, me as a leader, me as a, as an agent, me as a, uh, a role model, different things that I, you know, can impact people with, um, that, you know, as a young adult, you know, I wouldn't want to have, uh, anybody to have followed the path that I went down. Um, there's a saying that, uh, that the most important thing in Keller Williams is, is, is who you become. And it's kind of corny. And I never believed in it. You know, that was, I didn't resonate when I joined, I just needed like, show me how to keep an admin so I can sail more. Uh, and uh, as I've leaned into that and, you know, um, and seen how I can impact other people's lives in a positive way so they can live more fulfilling lives for them and their family. Um, you know, that the journey has been through growth, personal growth, um, as much, and I don't want to say more than, than business, uh, however, as much as the business part of it, you know, it's been my personal growth and surrounding myself with great people is the, the way I've done that. Right. Yeah. Makes sense. I like it. So talk to us a little bit about, you know, everyone's going to put their own little thumbprint or, or, you know, leave a legacy, that type of thing. And, and, and let's kind of fast forward a little bit, you know, what, if, if you were to say to yourself, the legacy I'd love to leave uh, in my time at KW or in this current role, what does that look like, Ryan? I'd love to hear what that big vision sounds like. 
Yeah, you know, there, there's a course I took uh, called Coaching Skills Camp. And in Coaching Skills Camp, they have you write your own obituary. Yeah. And it's a pretty powerful exercise. Uh, and you get to write your obituary, hopefully a long time from now. Uh, however, you get to write it in the way that you'd like people to remember you. And, you know, it was a pretty, uh, pretty, uh, I mean, I'd never done anything like that before. And, and it helped get me get clarity on some of the things that I would want to impact in the world and, and working on things like your big why uh, exercises and other, you know, um, I know that what really drives me is helping people live more fulfilled lives. Um, and, and that's why I took, ended up in this regional role is because I saw as an opportunity to do that. Uh, at a higher level, more purposely, uh, regardless of the discomfort of taking on new challenges. Uh, as far as the the legacy, it's really, you know, there's so much opportunity in this role to impact not just uh, people on my immediate team, not just, you know, owners of market centers or team leaders, but all the agents in Canada and to build an opportunity uh, for them to uh, change their lives the way I've been able to in this environment. So, you know, uh, I'm not sure exactly how you measure it other than the fact the legacy I'd like to leave is, is a legacy of, uh, of growth, uh, a legacy of personal, uh, you know, personal fulfillment for people, having them really think big. And that's something that I never did as a, as a young adult was starting to think bigger and bigger and what I can achieve. So, uh, the more I can do that with leaders um, the, and help them think bigger, the more they're going to have impact on others that are in their world to think bigger. Uh, so I think the, the legacy is really a legacy of, uh, of growth, an environment that is uh, transparent and sharing to allow people to, to build the life they want within, with, within KW Canada. I love it. And, and you know what I love about that, Ryan, is, is so many, and this is a great coaching opportunity for, for you know, people that are watching this. So many people default to the legacy is, is, is a number. I want to impact this many lives or I want to, you know, have X amount of time off or whatever. But it, I love your answer. It was much bigger than that. You, you I have those goals too. I have those goals too. There's a certain amount of weeks I want to fail every year yeah. and I have all that. Um <laughs> You know, not to not to stick to the theme of death, but you know, <laughs> I, uh, I I look at I don't want to have regrets. Uh, I don't I, I know about you. I have lots of regrets. Uh, you know, maybe I shouldn't, but I do. Um, and I, I the decisions I want to make, I want to make sure that I don't have regrets. There's a book called The Five Regrets of the Dying, and the the most common regret that that people have uh, is that they didn't leave a, didn't live a life true to themselves. Mm-hmm. They lived a life based on what others thought they should do or whatever that might be. And, uh, and so I'm doing my best to make decisions to live a life that's true to me and, and, and knowing that, uh, that what drives me is to help people live more fulfilled lives by helping them business through their businesses. Uh, you know, I think that, that the role that I'm in now and the vision and the path that I want to go down, it is, uh, it really is in alignment with, with who I am. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Go ahead, Jen. 
Yeah, no, I was just going to say for those of us that don't know, um, what is area director? What is that role? What is that? Yeah, I'm, not, I'm not really sure. And I really wasn't sure when I took the role. Uh, I'll be honest and say the reason one of the uh, one of the biggest the biggest reasons I took this this role was the team I got to work with. I don't know about you guys, but when you're surrounded with um, with a, a team that's in alignment and has great energy, I mean, that just makes it amazing to go to work. Uh, and, uh, the team that I got, that I get to, to work with, uh, this new team, mostly new team that we're building, have uh, been built in Canada are just phenomenal. Um, Jill's Plurd, who's, uh, who's our tech ambassador for Canada. I mean, he's tech's not my thing. Uh, he is just, uh, amazing, not only at technology, but, but making it make sense to me, which is a, a different skill. And, and therefore agents, you know, we often joke about how our technology has to be agent proof. Uh, so Jill being able to really uh, give the vision of the technology and how it impacts people's businesses, therefore their lives. Um, uh, Bo Stagger, who's, uh, who's been in the, in the KW region for a long time, who I've got to meet at different events and, you know, uh, get to share a drink here and there at Canadian events. Now I get to work with her and she's, you know, she's just phenomenal about, you know, everything she gets to do. You know, I, I couldn't say enough about her. Ian Davies, who I've known, who's another area director. And again, his title and definition would be as obscure as mine, other than we're all here to work to the same goal. Ian Davies is a, uh, is a phenomenal guy who uh, is driven and, and can handle my directness as I can handle his. So not everybody can, can do that so it's we're a good, good connection and then lastly bill Soderoff, who is the new uh, operating partner of canada for kw canada um i mean he's just uh, he's a guy that uh that's achieved you know incredible things to so really being able to learn from someone that has opened more real estate brokerages in the world than anybody period by a lot i mean he's accomplished things in this space this real estate space that that no one else has even come close to uh so so that's one thing that kind of attracted me is man i'm sure that i can learn from him but more than that is uh he does it through uh mentoring and empowering uh not just results so being able to again understanding i'm, I'm 6.2 now uh to be part of that team and to and to learn from this group you know, uh, it's going to be, a, I'm going to continue to reinvent myself and learn and, and develop myself as a leader by, by being around people like that and, and have uh, someone who's achieved things like Bill, who is, uh, who's a Canadian guy, lives in Oromodante, as he likes to say. And, uh, mm -hmm. you know, he's, the, you know, he's a great storyteller. So it's, you know, it's, it's great to be able to laugh and, and joke. Uh, so the team that we have built, the, the Bill's built, uh, in Canada, you know, that's, that's why I'm here. That that's in alignment with, with our goals. And, uh, I mean, we, you know, the team in Canada has a ignite going on right now. It's a course, uh, which is, uh, to help agents be more successful. Um, and we had, you know, I'm not sure, Gary, you've run ignite in your, in your office. What's the biggest ignite you've ever run? Yeah, Jen. Jen's taken that over, and I think, okay. I think I think Jen, like maybe twenty, is our been our max number in our in our office, think, and we'll run I, it. Go ahead. Yeah, 
Yeah, no, I was gonna say I think there was one summer session we did where we hit thirty. We had thirty-two, oh, yeah, okay. and that was the most ever. Um, and it was a lot of people have been waiting for a while. We had a big of a backlog. Backlog traditionally it was like 10, 15, 20 at the most on any given run. Yeah, that that was one of the courses. That was the first course I took when I actually entered Keller Williams. I took this course, and it was really some fundamentals that I had never really learned and never really focused mm -hmm. on, and really helped me grow my business. Uh, and when I was a team leader, I think in the thirties was the biggest, you know, the most impact I was able to, to do in my office at that time. And today we had a course started and, uh, we had 500 and over 500 registrants. I think it was 550 or so. Um, so again, understanding, excuse me, that my, my role is really to help people build businesses to impact their lives so they can live the most fulfilling life for them. Uh, being able to be part of supporting something like that, where you have 550-ish agents uh, who are spending uh, three hours a day for 15 days, three days a week, uh, learning to build a business so they can impact their life better. I mean, that's just my, my little stamp on that. I didn't do that. That was the team leaders that was in Canada. But having some influence and some to be able to support them in that, I mean, man, there's nothing uh, nothing better than, than being able to impact that many people. Because I know that people, the amount of stories we hear about people who that course impacted them and their mindset and their results immediately. I get to be part of some of that. Yeah, that's pretty yeah. cool. Well, At a bigger it's, level. It's pretty amazing. Like the, the theme that I've been listening to here or that's been popping out to me is like, it, it's certainly success through others. Right. And, and that's, you know, from, from Bill all the way, all the way down to, or not down, just Bill across to everybody. Right. And, and, mm -hmm. you know, with, with the leverage of being able to, to put together an Ignite program that is, you know, not brokerage wide as it had been being hosted to, we started off in, in, you know, in Ontario wide and then Quebec wide. And so we're not like what you've been able to do is basically circle the wagons, if you will, and include every market center or brokerage as, as we call them. Uh, and, and, and leverage the amazing success stories and put them together because, you know, success is numbers is pretty amazing. And today, today's, um, start with, with Wayne Clements, he like, He's gonna knock it out of the park, and he, he he sent us a little message. I'm a little I'm a little freaked out that there's over 500 people in here. But if there's any yeah. any if there's anyone in Canada to start an ignite program, uh, it's Wayne because he just delivers yeah. it at such a high level, as we all know, and and it's gonna change people's lives, and that's exactly what it's built to do, right? Yeah. Absolutely, and again, this isn't me doing it. This is just me in this new opportunity that I get I get to open a few more doors to the leadership team of all the offices in Canada to hopefully get something that's going to help them impact their agents' lives, you know, more. And that, and that's, the, that's the cool part. Like you said, it's success through others. And, uh, and those others are our agents. Uh, everything we do is to help our agents, everything. And I mean, I, uh, you know, it's been a long time since I've worked this hard. I'll be honest. Uh, I'm working a lot harder than I have in a long time and I'm doing it because I have the opportunity to help, impact agents, businesses, and therefore their lives. That's, that's the goal. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. Mm -hmm. Amazing. So what's next? We, we have Ignite's been launched and that was a big pinnacle, uh, you know, the first few months of, of your, uh, 
your your you know the energy that you brought here. And uh, so, what's next in in for Canada? What what do we got going on? Well, you know what? I, I uh, a very smart guy told me once that it's best to talk about what you've done, not what you're going to do. And uh, <laughs> so, what I can tell you is, you know, we've held the the largest ignite, you know that Canada's ever seen. I don't know about worldwide, but you know, let's just say that. Uh, we'll say it. We'll say it here. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Thank you. You know, <laughs> why let, uh, you know, why let reality impact a good story. So, um, so, you know, that's a, that's a big part of it. Engaging our leadership uh, in, in leveraging their value. And this is the, the amazing part is, um, you know, we have talent throughout Canada that really sticks to their own backyard because they're busy and, 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 and sharing their successes in that in that region, which is amazing. You know, this platform, which I'm really focusing on, is allowing the top agents in Canada to to share across Canada now. Uh, so uh, we've built out a, a regional calendar to help the top agents share uh, the systems, models, and, and what's impacting their business uh, exactly the way it's working for them in the marketplace that they're in with everybody in Canada. Uh, and so that is, uh, I'm super excited as a team leader, when I was looking at ways to bring in talent to impact my agents businesses, um, pre COVID I had to, it was a challenge to bring people from all over, you know, it cost money. I had to pay for them to be here. Now this allows us to really tap into this, the, the systems and models that the top agents in Canada are using. So, so that calendar is part of that. And, and then June 1st, we have a Canadian masterminds happening with uh, the top agents in different different focuses to share systems, models, and, and actual specifics of a step-by-step how they're able to achieve phenomenal growth, success, um, lives within big businesses. Uh, so, you know, again, uh, it just allows me to really plug in top people to share across Canada. And yeah, then I've got I, a whole bunch of other stuff that, that, that I have coming in the future that I'll share once once we're here. Yeah, beautiful. <laughs> I, I'm excited for that mastermind because I can't think of one that's been done uh, nationwide in Canada here. It's, I don't know if I don't want to say if ever, but I can't think of one. So maybe I will say if ever. <laughs> right, Jen? And uh, I, I'm excited. Well, we, have, we have so the we have the we have the summit uh, Canadian Growth Summit that we did in the fall right yeah. before COVID, unfortunately. Uh, so we did that. Uh, that's a great event that was uh, that brought a lot of the U.S. you know sluggers up who are amazing. And this one yeah. for Canada is is Canadian content front to back. Uh, that is going to you know, these are people that are succeeding in this COVID crazy market who are growing their businesses two, three, four times um, faster than the markets are doing it, and sharing with people how they're how they're able to do that. So so it's all Canadian content, which I'm excited about. Yeah, that's fantastic. And that's June 1st, right? Correct. Yeah, excited for that. Perfect. Ryan, this has been fantastic. I uh, always appreciate you and 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 your time. And uh, so here's here's somebody that, you know, from the top that we, you know, we practice what we preach, Jen, and we always talk about, you know, practice our scripting and everything like that and and Ryan every day is on a call uh, with all the leaders, team leaders across Canada uh, practicing scripts because, you know, you you got to model that leadership and you got to model what you're asking others to do, right? So thank you for that, Ryan. You know, on that note, you know, the reason I do it is because, again, understanding I want to impact people's businesses and therefore their lives. The most fundamental skill uh, for success in, in this industry 
is, is being able to ask great questions to help people achieve their goals. And, and that's really what scripting is. It's not a script as much as it is. How do we, how do we ask really great questions to people so that we help them articulate their goals at a high level and then help them get there. Uh, and that's, that's what those classes are, or the, those calls are every day. Uh, and I love doing it. I, I do it with brand new people. I do it with experienced people and it's just, uh, it's fun to watch the ahas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So uh, in starting off, uh, Ryan, how do people get a hold of you? What's the best way? Uh, best way is through uh, email. Uh, so it's Ryan McLean at kw.com. And, uh, you know, that's the best way to get in touch with me. Very good. Well, as mentioned, thank you for your time, uh, your leadership, kind of the, the, not to say that the new KW Canada, but it does really feel like it's uh, it's something new and fresh. And we really, really appreciate that. So uh, here's to your continued success uh, throughout this year and beyond, my friend. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having me, Gary. Good to see you, Jen. Have a you great too, day. Ryan. Thank you. Bye for now. Ryan McLean, everybody. Very good. <laughs> Very, very good. It's, you know, it is, it is a lot of fun because Jen, like we, just as you do with your morning calls, you know, the, the team leaders, uh, they, we all get on a call together and A, it's nice to see each other and, and connect with each other, but we have a half an yeah. hour together and we just get down to business and, and we, we, we practice what we got to do for the day and, and we set out a goal and we go get it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. I mean, and it's the best way to start your day, right? doesn't always feel good for the first five minutes, but you yep. get into it. And then by the time you're done that 30 minutes, you've got clarity on your day, you've got purpose, you're warmed up, you've run some scripts or, you know, whether you're lead genning or talking to agents or whatever that looks like, um, you know, I, I think it creates a more productive day. So it's, uh, it's cool that he's doing that. I, I love that. Well, it's so like, it's, you much rather practice and shake off the rust or the cobwebs on your peers first thing in the morning than your first few calls of the morning. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. And it's also harder to do in front of other agents because they know the scripts, right? So, you know, that they're, you know, I don't want to say judging you, but you know that they're listening and aware when you make a mistake and people on the other end of the phone, they don't, they don't know. Right. So it's, it's easier to make, it's harder to make the mistakes. If you can do it in front of your peers, you can definitely do it in front of the general public. Right. Yeah. That's, that's just it for sure. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we got a few uh, good topics scheduled for today, and uh, we should get right at it, Jen. Let's get let's get moving here. All right, sounds good. Okay, the first one: to hold or not to hold <laughs> offers, because we are seeing a we are seeing a shift or a change in the market, Jen. And, and what's, uh, what are some of your coaching clients and what, what's even your team seeing at the moment? Oh man, that crystal ball would just be so nice right now. You know, this is the perfect time for that to show up. We're all, it's all over the place. Um, that's what we're seeing. You know, it's depends on the property, depends on the location, depends on the price point. There's just so many factors. I'm definitely seeing a slowdown in the number of offers and definitely seeing across most areas seeing a slowdown in multiples being held at all a lot of agents are starting to shift and just put market value dates now there is a bit of conversation around is that just a new strategy because a lot of them are asking for that 48 24 hour 48 hour irrevocable um period time period on any offer to try and generate those you know multiples anyway 
just a, as, the, as the, the language of organic multiples, right? If that's such a thing. Um, so, you hang know, on, I, I think- What did you just coin there? Organic multiples. Organic I like it. Multiples. I like yeah. it. That deserves yeah. one of those. <laughs> <laughs> it's a phrase. Um, but yeah, I, I think what, what we're learning, what the team's learning, what co- what we're seeing through coaching is that, you know, the answer isn't, is not any longer, yeah, just hold back. Right. Whereas a month ago, it was a pretty safe bet. Hold back. You'll you'll be just fine. It'll it'll work itself out. You know, know your market value. Now it's well, what does your CMA say? Right. What what are the appointment amount of showings on the other homes in the area? What are the other agents telling you? What feedback are they giving you? Um, have you you know what conversations are, are they sharing? Um, and, and it depends on your pocket, most importantly. So there are still some neighborhoods. I know areas like Barrie and Aurelia and, and Midland and places like that are still really strong. Downtown, Richmond Hill, Aurora, Newmarket, most of it's starting to slow down. But then, you know, talking about Wayne Clements, he had 12 offers on a listing in Aurora yesterday. So I, I don't know. Crystal ball. I'm telling you, that's the answer right now. Good. Okay. So everybody out, go out and buy a crystal ball and you're, you'll be fine. It's, it's, it's all it is. Uh, yeah, it's interesting. And we're going to look at it. Um, we're going to, we're going to try and look at some live numbers and, and see the number of listings versus what's active and stuff like that. Uh, I, I was not to say I was blown away, but I was definitely intrigued. If you know me, I like stats. I like numbers because it mm-hmm. certainly tells a story and, yeah. um, yeah, we are seeing, you know, if, if, I've had a few agents call me in the last couple of days, Gary, what should I do? And my flat out answer was if there's an opportunity to stand out from the crowd, stand out from the crowd. And if that opportunity is to list and not hold offers, do it. Uh, yeah. Now you got to understand your local, as you said earlier, when we we're talking or to, or just before we brought Ryan on is, you know, you got to look at that micro or the macro market and really understand what's going on. And, you know, with, if, if you got a four bedroom house, you got to understand the four bedroom market in that right. pocket. And we're not talking area now pocket. we're talking pocket, right? Yeah. 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 Cause I mean, you can, you can go North of a street and South of a street and have different results, right? That's what we're seeing right now. Um, and then what's your product. And I think that's a big part of the conversation. You know, if you're, if you're a showstopper, people are, are still probably going to be pushing to fight over you. If you have a pool, People are loving pools right now, right? There are some things that are going to generate more interest than others. Um, If you're, you know, standard, average, whatever the word is you want to use, just kind of similar to everybody else, then, you know, you're, you might not draw the attention and we have the inventory now that that could limit your demand. So what does that look like? And like you said, how do you, how do you stand out and and be different? And, And sometimes the best answer is just do what everyone else is not doing. Right. Yes. What's everybody doing? Yes. Do the opposite of that and just see what happens because it, it we can't, that's the thing about this business, right? It, it, it can change day to day and we can't predict what's going to happen between now and next week. So if you hold back an offer, especially these last two weeks of April, they've really been shifting, right? The week, every day has felt like it's a little different. You know, there's new markets happening all over the place. So when we're in that kind of, you know, I don't want to use the word, I don't want to say volatile, because that's not what I'm trying to say, but when we're in that kind of uncertain market, when it's trying to find its legs again and figure out what it is now, and it's kind of shifting, um, you know, you can take the opportunity to try do things differently and, and see where you land. It might be the best decision 
you can make, right? Yeah, and that's true. So if you're watching now, I'd, lo I'd love to get your insight on, you know, if you have buyers that you're working with, you know, I, it's kind of a rhetorical question, but I'd love to see the comments. Would you rather, you know, look at properties that are holding, that are not holding offers or look at properties mm -hmm. that, you know, are holding offers and get your time and get in there. And, and it's important to keep educating our clients because it's that whole pendulum or the swing, right? You know, yeah. it's, it, here's, so here's a little, I don't know if it's geometry, maybe physics. It's a physics lesson. <laughs> <laughs> I should not be teaching physics. That's, that's for, that's, if there's anything anybody should know, do not listen to Garen <laughs> physics. However, we know that, you know, when, when the swing goes back and forth, the pendulum goes back and forth, the slowest that it's ever going is at either one of the ends. So either in a fast moving market or a slow moving market. And we've seen it. It's certainly at the end of, of that because we've seen it slow down a little bit. And as it starts mm -hmm. to pick up speed, the faster it goes is right in the middle, that kind of that balanced market. So if we're seeing it slow down, physics 101, <laughs> uh, we're see, we're starting to see it trend the other way. Yeah, so Megan, Megan's saying here, my buyers want to keep conditions. Exactly. So my buyers want to keep conditions so we're avoiding, avoiding multiple offers. We all have buyers we all want to protect their interest and some buyers need to be uh, protected more than others. And what I mean by that or said differently, Jen, is some buyers, they have to verify 110% if their financing yeah. condition is approved or they need to feel comfortable about what they're buying with a home inspection or what have you. And, and Megan's right on the ball there. Absolutely protect your buyers that way. And, you know, markets come and go. And, and I never want to, you know, I'd never want to tell one of our agents, don't do anything. <laughs> right. However, you need to be proactive and keep educating yourself on, on the right time to take that particular client out and always look for opportunities. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And it's all strategy based too, right? I, I mean, we are seeing a lot more and hearing a lot more feedback. Buyers don't want to compete. Buyers don't want to get in. They don't want to overpay to the point that, you know, there is there's also on the flip side of, of not holding offers is the other conversation of when we list it at market value, buyers are so trained that that is a whole back price that on Realtor.ca and all those other apps and sites that people use. They see that price and then go, oh, well, it's going to go over that. And then they disconnect from the value of the property. So that conversation has come up too. how do you make it clear to buyers that hey this is this is a there's no offer date this we're not holding back and then when you know when that does happen then you get this flurry of excitement because buyers are then going like i need to do something quickly um and it, it's kind of creating the same scenario in in some pockets right so it's very it's a very interesting thing because because we have to work with what with how buyers right now are trained and they've just come out of that december january february march market where everything was multiples, everything was selling quickly, everything was going really high. And usually, you know, as, as agents, we see the trend shift before the general public really sees the trend shift, right? Um, or we should, <laughs> at least, right? We should be seeing that. So um, we, we, we try to adapt and get in front of that, but it takes the, the public a little longer. 
So you just, there's all. Yeah, you gave me an idea here, Jen, and, and and certainly want to get clarity from our broker record, Christine Tonos, or or get clarity from your broker record if you're not with KW here. But I'd I'd love to see it perhaps in like the broker notes, or even if possible, uh, in the description of the property. You know, offers at any time, um, and if yeah. failing that, if it's in the broker notes, you know, um, listed listed. I don't know how it would be phrased, but something um, listing value based on a CMA. And so mm. it's, you're not listing something well below and you're already setting that expectation of any potent, of the buyer agents and buyers, right? And, and I'd love to see that, um, you know, if you really do want to stand out from the crowd and, and get that home sold, because that, well, obviously that's, you're putting it up for sale for a reason. Maybe that's a way to do it and, 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 and to get that message out there. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Attract, attract a little attention, right? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. So speaking, speaking of the market, um, let's move on to our next one here and, and talk about what's going on in the mortgage stress test. Okay. Mortgage stress test. So we had, if you were uh, a part of KW and attended our team meeting last week, if you haven't seen it, I, anybody can actually go watch it at my KWRC, um, uh, dot ca sorry uh, slash team meetings and uh, you can go see what our in-house mortgage broker uh, Charity talked about and I interviewed her there and and one of the things that she said is you know it's it was implemented to obviously kind of slow the buying market down a little bit because it was really hot and from time and time again as we see as the government kind of tries to step in for instance um, it's already taking care of itself but here's Without getting into the nit and gritty, Jen, here's what it here's what it I think it's done. It's confused yeah. people. Yeah, I, I think that's a little bit of what we're seeing right now. Um, you know, in this weird like that, like I was saying, that market trying to find its feet, trying to find its footing right now. And I think the stress test or the announcement of the potential stress test that you know isn't approved, but we know is going to happen. Um, I think that is causing a lot of that uncertainty in the marketplace. Um, and it's probably unnecessary. We were already starting to, to shift a little bit anyway. Right. So it, it is kind of, you know, you got to wonder why, why now, why not do it in January when things were absolutely crazy. Right. Like I understand that they need time to obviously announce it and implement it and all those things. However, you know, it's a little bit, a little bit late, I, I feel, and it might actually impact the market in not the greatest way. Um, by the time it, it gets implemented, just, just one of my, one of my thoughts around it anyway. Yeah. And it's, you know, we always see that when, when you have a confused buyer or seller, what do they end up doing? And that's, that's nothing, right? Nothing. Because they're, they're, they're afraid to make the, the, a bad decision. And, and this is where it really does matter to go talk to, like it really, really matters. Uh, make sure you are talking with a very well educated mortgage broker and, mm. and one that can, you know, um, um, elaborate on what these, what these changes mean. Right. And, and that's the yeah. most important piece is, as you know, connecting with a mortgage broker that can have those conversations with your buyers and sellers, because we're, we're always uh, setting the seller's expectation as well. So having that, that info is going to be, I'll use your word, Jen, paramount to the transaction. <laughs> yes. I like it. <laughs> Did it's I use it well? Mind. Yeah, good. You 
Yeah. <laughs> well, that was good. Um, and, and I think part of the conversation going forward too has to be with your sellers, right? So, because just as much as buyers are trained to expect a certain thing, an outcome and, and scenario, so are sellers, right? They've heard all these stories and sellers always trend on the high side, right? Because that's, they're optimistic and buyers are always on the low side because they're optimistic. It's our job to get them to the middle, which is reality, right? Like this is where you want to be. Um, and part of that is having these conversations and being able to speak clearly and concisely and use the data that we have to show here's what the trend is right now. This is what's happening as of two weeks ago, as of last week, as of two days ago in your neighborhood, right? That comparable house down the street that had a pool and a finished basement and you don't, didn't sell potentially. So what's that conversation look like? And prepare them for, if you do hold back, that you might not get offers. And then what does that process look like? At least if they know in advance that it's a strategy, we're trying it, we'll see what happens. Then they're, they're ready to pivot when you have to have that conversation. If you don't set them up for that expectation, you're setting it up much harder for yourself to get that relist at a market value price. And then you bring the stress test into the whole conversation and how that impacts buyers and how buyers are looking at their numbers. Um, and sellers need to understand what that means as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I loved, if you're watching again, I loved in the comments, you know, some of the areas, type in some of the areas or towns that you have buyers uh, and where they're looking. So is it Aurora, Barrie, Newmarket, Stovall, Richmond Hill? Love to see that because just telling telling people is going to be helpful as well because if you can't find that right listing right now uh, maybe somebody has somebody something in that area that you're looking for so go ahead and plot that in there the other thing that's important too is you know we need to be educating our, our buyers and our sellers because perhaps our buying power is going to be decreased slightly uh, once once the stress test comes in in, in the early part of June there however as a seller, we often fail to realize or we fail to see or think about, well, the market I sell in, I also get to buy in, buy. right? <laughs> Jen, like that's a big piece. You might be thinking, oh my gosh, a month ago, I could have sold this for, you know, 5% more or 50 or a hundred thousand dollars more. Mm -hmm. But it's important for us to be educating our sellers and buyers. It's the same market. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Is you get to buy and sell in the same market. And and for those that perhaps get to buy in today's market versus a February where it was really hot and you may perhaps uh, paid more than you really, really wanted to. Well, today's market, perhaps your mortgage now is going to be slightly smaller than perhaps it was when you're losing out on offers two, three weeks or more ago. Right, Jen? Like there's always, you know, look for the bright side, <laughs> look for the bright side. Yeah. And, and we're not buying, typically we're not buying real estate to own for three months. We're looking right. to own it for six, 10, 12 years or much longer. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's always silver lining, right. And even um, like Dylan and myself, for example, like we sold our townhouse in November, right. We bought our new house in December. Um, we had long closings on it, but we bought and sold in those months and in January, February, we're, you know, we're going, A, at first we we're like, thank God we bought because there's no inventory. That was January. And then February and into March, it was like, oh, should, like, what would have happened if we had waited? And we, so we did the math. We took a look at it. We probably would have made an extra 100,000, 50,000, something like that on our townhouse, but it would have cost us an extra 200 to buy the house we bought. Right. Wow. So when you look at it that way, it's like, yeah, we could have netted more on the sale. 
However, what we would have had to pay to get the same property, we would be we would be sitting in a worse financial position despite making more off our sales. So it's not always about the one end of the deal. It's about the big picture of the whole deal, right? What's your end result? What's your net result? And yeah. that can that that variable is huge, right? So we, you know, knowing how to look at those numbers too and talking to your sellers and your your buyers about that so they understand um, can help with those conversations. Yeah, no, that that's that, that's a good perspective, amazing perspective. Okay, so let's let's try and look at some of these live numbers through a little market mashup here. Okay, so we're gonna see if this works, Jen. If you can't <laughs> see it, we'll see what we can do. I, I can make it a little bit bigger. So for those that yeah. aren't familiar, don't worry, I'll, I'll get this bigger, Jen. Um, this if, is. Yeah, if I start leaning in and squinting, <laughs> that's just because I'm trying to read the screen. So, you know. Very so. good. Very good. <laughs> so. Uh, what do we have? This is our homepage. If you're logged into Treb Stratus, this might look familiar to all the realtors out there. And if you're not a realtor, well, here you go. This is what it looks like. Um, this is a little screenshot of it. So um, one of the things that we like to do, and our market stacks uh, every month through Treb typically come out on the 5th or the 6th, but typically the 5th of every month. So as Jen said in the, in the text uh, before the show, we're one day early, so so that's okay. Uh, we can still kind of look at the numbers uh, the way the way it kind of sits right now. And uh, I'm gonna just pull up the sold stats here, and that should pop up for us. Good. So uh, let's choose for the month of um, April, Jen, and we we're gonna do this first of all in Toronto, and we just look at the big picture here, and this is really really interesting. So I know you can't see this as great. But the first, the first two columns are uh, active and what's sold. So all the areas, and if you can see the number at the bottom there, Jen, right here, this, yeah. this is what was active. And so we had 4,583 homes that were active. And mm -hmm. what sold was 4,690. So what does that tell you, Jen? Well, it tells me that we sold everything and cleared out about a hundred pieces of old inventory. That's right. And this, this was uh, in Toronto. I'm trying to work right. Y, Y, Z here. <laughs> that's what that's supposed to say. Uh, there we go. So that, that is in Toronto. So everything basically, basically the city of Toronto, you know, all the way from, from Scarborough to the, you know, uh, Etobicoke and, and North to, uh, York region. So Markham area there. So it's a big, big area. Uh, yeah, as Jen definitely indicated there, we sold more than what was active. So, which is crazy because the, the previous month, um, we could go back and look at that, but, uh, in, you know, supply and demand, it really, it, as, as easy as it sounds or as simplistic as it sounds, the real estate market is, uh, has a lot to do with supply and demand. And that's why a lot of these prices were still increasing the way they were in, in the Toronto area. So, um, I thought that was really, really, uh, important to, to look crazy. at. Yeah. Yeah. So that's Toronto. Now let's look at, uh, we can look at Peel, which would be, um, that would be Brampton, Mississauga, Calendon area. And this again is for um, the month of April. And as we can see here, Jen, the, the two wow. big stats here. Yeah, you got it. And this is actually even, look at this one. It's a bigger gap. Yeah, extra 500. 
Jeez. That's a, a much bigger gap. Uh, incredible there in the Peel region. So if you're trading or if you have buyers or sellers in the Peel area, uh, you were you were fighting hard to get your offer accepted in the month of April. Yeah. Which is incredible, absolutely incredible. So uh, the other the other uh, area that we focus on, obviously, where our head office is for Keller Williams Realty Centers, is in in York Region. And if we pull that up, Jen, um, okay, let me ask you a question. Now I'm putting you on the spot. It's okay if you're wrong. Really cool if you're right, but it's okay Ready if you're now. wrong. It's all good. <laughs> uh, do you think we follow the same trend in York Region? Ooh. Oh, wow. Um, I'm going to throw out a guess of no. No. I would like to specify that it's a guess. <laughs> it's well, I this, we did. this guess is actually, uh, it's, it's a good guess. So there's York region. And what was active was 2695, Jen. And look at this. What was sold was 2455. So we actually didn't follow um, what happened in the other two major areas in the Toronto real estate board, which is Peel and Toronto. So yeah. that's why, you know, a lot of agents within our office that work that, that York region area did see and did feel a little bit of a softening there. Right. And, and yeah. this, you know, there's always a story to the numbers, right. And we can probably dig even deeper to see where, what areas was, was ahead of, of the next, um, but if you look at some of these, I don't know if you can see that, Jen, on the screen. I'm just looking at this now. Uh, there's some big differences here. So yeah. here's here's something really interesting. And I only just saw this now. Richmond Hill and Vaughn have significant differences, uh, you know, about 200 uh, properties um, that were active that didn't sell in that month. But if you look at Newmarket, 80, 180 were active and 206 uh, sold. Yeah, Aurora so, is the same, 152 active, 190 sold. So Aurora yeah. New Market, we're still outselling the market right now, inventory-wise. Same That's with right. Yeah. That's right. So there are still, yeah, as Jen said, it's, you know, when people say, do you follow the real estate market? Yes. And we, however, we don't follow the Canadian real estate market. We don't follow the Toronto real estate market. You need to follow the Aurora real estate market or the Richmond Hill and depending because Richmond Hill is so big, depending on what pocket. So you do need to become um, that area expert as, as we've talked about um, in, yeah. in that. So I thought that was really, really interesting, Jen, to, to kind of look at all that. Um, and, and if you're curious on how I pulled these numbers, just on the left-hand side here, I just went to sold stats and um, I, I looked for the stats of April. Now this won't be, because they're compiling all the information right now for our um, for the stats that come out tomorrow, this might not be 100% accurate, but it'll be awfully, 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 awfully close, right? And, yeah. and you can download this or you can, you can get even to even a little bit more specific. So if I was back in York region and I wanted to only look at the new market numbers, I, I highlight new market here and I just simply click on new market. And now I get a breakdown of what this looks like. So we can really look, if you're looking at, at townhomes, uh, which is always great in the new market area, you can see here. Uh, we had 32 active and 28 sales. Uh, the second number that you might be looking at, that's the sale quantity of the year, 
uh, year to date. So the top number is the month, then the second number is year to date. Always really confusing because it's not very clear here. Somebody told me <laughs> once what that means, and it makes sense. On the right, right? It doesn't. It, it's on the far right as opposed to being on the like where it would logically be. Yeah, it's weird. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So this, I mean, this is always, always, always interesting. Um, and it gives you the average price, which is fine. I like looking at the medium price because that'll take out the kind of the, the unicorns, if you will, as I like to call them. Um, yeah. When, when you see stuff like this, Jen, uh, does this, you know, as a realtor, when you put your real, realtor hat on, does this help kind of decipher what's going on and help you share that story with clients? Yeah, I, I mean... I don't think I can tell a story without this information, right? Because I, I, I have nothing, I have nothing to back up what I'm saying other than the fact that they really like me and just believe me, right? But if I don't, if I don't know the numbers and I don't bring that information, I can't validate my my opinion or my my perspective, right? So I, I this is a huge tool um, that we need to have in our tool belt and need to be looking at. And it a hundred percent, you know, I've always said, let the market do the heavy lifting, right? So when you're having those hard conversations with your clients, don't do the work, show them the numbers, show them the stats, show them the trends, let that do the work. And then you're just there to answer their questions, right? And, and create the strategy. Yeah. Did we lose Jen? Uh, no, there she is. Here. Yeah. Sorry. You froze for a second. Yeah. What, what, when yeah. you said that, um, when you said that, I always think back to school, you know, show your homework, right? Yeah. And, and this yeah. is exactly that. And here's the time. So as our market kind of slows down from that selling or buying frenzy, as it was a couple of months ago, uh, a week is going to feel like a year, mm -hmm. right? Because it hasn't sold yet. Two weeks is going to feel like an eternity. And the way that we manage and help manage expectations is by showing these numbers on a weekly basis. And I'll, I'll show you how to do that. So, um, and we'll kind of finish off with this because this is, this is really, really important. Um, if we want, if we want up-to-date numbers, go back to this screen here and we just simply keep, I don't know if you can see it at the top, uh, most recent sold statistics, just keep that checked. Mm -hmm. And then you can go into uh, your area. We'll go back to new market here because that's we'll, we'll kind of compare apples to apples and hit submit. So this this will give us the area, and you'll see here sold stats for the month of May up until uh, the third, right? So yesterday, and and you can see what's going on here. And you want to be doing this, trust me, in a market like this where it's where it's slowed down and people are trying to figure out and, and grab their bearings and what's going on show this to your clients, buyers and sellers on a weekly basis. It'll, yeah, it'll, absolutely. right, Jen? Um, I, I've done this in the past. And when, you know, uh, even recently I had, um, I had some clients reach out and I was just helping some of our, our teams out and they were trying to gauge on what the market and what the townhouses were going to sell at. And I, and I, I compiled the number of units that sold in the last two weeks and the average price was, I think it was 920 in the Stovall area. And wouldn't you know it, both of those townhomes sold within $10,000 of 920. Yeah. That's, yeah. You, we can't, we can't guesstimate, but we can certainly look at the numbers and, and take it from there. Right. This, and this is one way to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Let, let the numbers do the work right? Why, why make it harder on ourselves than we need to? And, you know, what's another really interesting number uh, that we haven't really touched on um, specifically about those Toronto and Peel and those numbers is how many, how many times were the properties listed, right? 
because we're when we look at just sold data versus okay how many attempts did it take to sell the property it's always a good conversation especially in a shifting market to be able to show your clients that and and say like yeah these numbers look amazing however let's look at this and go okay was it you know which strategy worked did they have to relist how many times what did that look like right yeah and understanding that as well and that's when it gets really important to know that micro market and know exactly what happened with the listings around your property so that you can speak to that at a higher higher level right yeah absolutely and and there are ways outside of this sheet here or this report here to you know because this is still looking uh Jen, this is still looking at all of new market yeah right and and you might be selling or buying a house in the northwest corner you know up near upper canada mall if you know the area and you might be looking at a townhouse up there and that townhouse is not a comparable um product if you will to the townhouses on the on the east end of of new market right right either yeah. they're about 30 years newer <laughs> or they're only about 10 to 15 years <laughs> old at best <laughs> more expensive yeah. yeah yeah and and there are ways so if you want to learn how to how to analyze those numbers and just pull a certain area and look at a report just like that uh reach out to jen and myself we can certainly help with that and, mm -hmm. and help you analyze uh, what that looks like. Because uh, being able to interpret the market is what buyers and sellers look for us. Uh, they, they look to us for that, right? And, you know, we don't have that crystal ball, but we can, we can take any ball and shine it up pretty good and, and show them the stats uh, right here throughout all of this stuff, which is really, really important. And, and, that is how you're going to stand out from the crowd that, you know, we always want to come from a position of, of value and that will certainly be one for sure, Jen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Especially at those listing presentations, right? When you walk in with that and you can, you can paint that picture and give them clarity and then support what you're saying. Most other agents, you know, aren't doing that. So yeah. it's definitely when we talk about setting yourself apart, that's one of the ways that you can do that at a high level quite easily, right? Just by using the tools that we already have. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Success yeah. through others. Uh, and that was kind of the trend as we started here with, with Ryan McLean and, and certainly lean on, on uh, Jen and myself and others to learn how to do that type of thing. We can certainly show you, walk you through that. Jen, it's been a blast today. We had lots of great stuff. Uh, you know, I think the moral of the story was definitely success through others and keep asking questions and so forth. Um, yeah. what'd you get out of today? Well, I think one of the big things or my favorite thing is just that asking questions, right? Like what Ryan said, you know, he's never embarrassed and, and he's never shy about asking and he wants to know and that's how you learn. And obviously with coaching, that's such a huge component, right? Is ask your clients questions, ask your leadership questions, ask your peers questions, understand everything at the highest level so that you get that growth, right? And we can apply that at any, at any level, in any role. Um, so I think that that for me and I always the stats are always, you know, educational, right? You always get that kind of better love feeling of understanding and, and being able to speak to the market at a higher level. So I always as much as stats aren't my favorite thing in the world. I know you like them more than me, Gare. Um, I there the value is always, you know, huge when we do look at them. So it is important to to make sure we're doing that on a regular basis. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well said. So that's another uh, episode of the KWRC TV. So for Jennifer Silvernagel, I'm Gary McGowan. We'll see everybody next week. Bye for now. Bye guys.